Welcome to the Float Universe Podcast. This episode of the Float Universe Podcast is brought to you by East Coast Float Spa in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and East Coast Float Spa in Prince, New Jersey. East Coast Float Spa is Philadelphia area's premier float center with custom float rooms large enough to walk into and stand up in. And uh, the one in Princeton also has five custom float rooms. So thank you, East Coast Float Spa, for sponsoring this episode. And with that being said, tonight's guest is Matt Kay, co-founder and co-owner of East Coast Float Spa and the East Coast Float Spa in Princeton, uh, New Jersey. Uh, Welcome, Matt. How are you tonight? Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited for the opportunity to be on. Yeah, man. I think it's been... I think it's been three years since I saw you last. You, you and John were actually the two people I've talked to on the podcast who have been people I've met in real life. So it was cool to, I, I was listening to you on the Psychedelics Today, I think that's what it was, podcast. And was that part of your journeying through like going to the 15 or 20 float centers you went to? Was, was Total Zen Float where I met you part of that or was that something different? Uh, no, yeah, that was after the fact. Uh, the My journey around was before we opened up East Coast Floats Bus, so that was more like in 2012, 2013. Uh, I just happened to be taking a vacation that, uh, when I came and met you in, I think it was, yeah, like two and a half years ago in 20, I think late 2016. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, awesome to meet you, and I'm excited to reconnect here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for being with us tonight. So we talk about floating a lot. Me and you, that's basically what we live and breathe right now. But for those that uh, are just tuning into this and not knowing what floating is, could you give your best description to people of what how, how you describe floating? Yeah, absolutely. So I usually describe floating as a holistic health therapy for the mind and body where you literally float kind of like you're in the Dead Sea. I I use that as an analogy since sometimes that kind of puts a light bulb in people's minds. Um, So you effortlessly float. Everybody floats, even if you can't float in the ocean or anything like that. And that comes from the fact that you're floating in, uh, if you want to try to visualize it, if you don't know what, like what any, if if you have no idea what floating is, if you want to try to visualize it i usually try to describe it as think of like a oversized bathtub that's been kind of custom designed to block out the rest of the world so that it reduces all external stimuli so it's a sensory input controlled environment that removes the distractions of the outside world so uh, there's for all intents and purposes no light no sound no tactile sensation since it's not as hot as a hot tub it's basically the same temperature as your skin so you kind of can't tell where your body ends and the water begins once you're acclimated to it and then you also literally float so you're free of the effects of gravity and that's coming from the fact that the water that you're floating in which is relatively shallow it's typically only about 10 inches of water but it's then super saturated with anywhere between about 800 to 1200 pounds of Epsom salt. So that's what makes you literally float. It's an even higher salt concentration than the Dead Sea typically. And then uh, what happens, the, the the like magic of floating, it really comes from the fact that you're free from gravity and that you're free from the sensory input of the outside world and your mind and body slow down, your brain waves literally slow down. You go down typically to like the theta wave state, which is uh, pretty much synonymous or you know similar to a flow state. 
And so you get to this very deep level of physiological relaxation. There's a parasympathetic response, a relaxation response in the body. And it's a, you know, it's an extremely meditative environment. I sometimes describe it as uh, an environment that meditates you as odd as that may sound, because really when you're in there, it's just you and your breath, just you and your mind. Um, you know, you can tip it, it it depends on what type of unit you're floating in um, but you know typically you're not going to have any lights or music or anything like that although you know sometimes you do have the option to keep like a soft light on or keep some type of meditative music on or you know you can enhance your float with binaural beats but if you really strip it down to the essence it's just you your breath and your mind and your thoughts and so that's that's the meditative aspect. It's an awesome environment just for healing, for introspection, and, and healing both your your mind and your body, um, which is you know why I got into it. I uh, I got into it initially for meditative reasons. I was mostly interested in it from like a consciousness perspective. And uh, like many people that know about floating, I uh, had my interest re-peaked by Joe Rogan back in like 2011. I had heard about floating when I was in college because I was a psych major. And I learned about uh, Dr. John Lilly, who was the initial float tank inventor in the, he started in like the 50s. The first commercial one was in the 70s. But uh, there was, you know, really nowhere to do it around hear it all back then and then i heard rogan talking about it pretty much i don't want to say constantly but often on his podcast and describing it as you know the the best tool for introspection and thinking about your thoughts and so you know i was i was definitely interested in it from that regard and so uh, when i tried it for the first time I I was not just impressed by the the meditative aspect, but when I got out, it was the physical aspect that I I wasn't expecting and didn't even really know about at the time. Um, I was in a bad car accident when I was younger, to the point where I've got uh, like chronic pain that I deal with constantly. I've got a metal rod in my leg and stuff, and a metal plate in my hip. So when I got out of my first float, it was the first time I didn't feel pain in my body in like ten years. And it was an immediate like light bulb moment for me, an aha moment. I was like, okay, this is, this is legit. This is something that I, I need in my life. And I booked another session for two days later, floated again. And then I knew I was either going to like buy one for my house or start up a business. And so, you know, you know how that story ends. Yeah. Very similar to mine. The first time I went in, it was nearly out of body experience. And I'm like, what's the membership price? I don't care what it is. Let me get on it because I kind of was studying a lot about floating before I got into it in hypnosis and I kind of understood the potential power of how you could use it and how powerful you could use it in, in those ways. And it was just an instantaneous love affair. And so I think me and you have carried that. And funny enough, we have the same name too. My name is Matthew as well, or Matt. So we have that in common, but we have the same passion for floating and, uh, you know, I was listening, I was actually looking at your Instagram and I saw that you got to meet Joe Rogan. I was like, wow, that's really cool. So how did that come about? Yeah, that was really cool. That was like uh, two or three months after we opened our first location here in 2014. And he was uh, just doing a comedy show, like a stand-up show here in Philly. And me and my business partner went out and watched the show. And then we, you know, stuck around afterwards to meet him. We were both wearing our, uh, our company polos and everything. And we, you know, basically thanked him, told him that he was definitely instrumental in us kind of, you know, pursuing our dream. He's got a lot of, 
uh, like clips and sayings back, especially from back in the day around, you know, like being your own hero and stuff like that. And, you know, conquering your inner bitch and all kinds of like motivational things. So I was always kind of rudderless in terms of what I was doing with my life. I had a, a pretty good paying job, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I was just working for a, a mega bank and I was having a hard time envisioning myself doing that for the rest of my life, but really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I floated for the first time and then second time, a couple of days later, it all just clicked. I was like, all right, this, this is definitely it. So, you know, we, we, we didn't, you know, speak to him that long. So there was a giant line, but you know, in the minute or two that we spoke with him, we just tried to express some gratitude, got our picture taken with him, tweeted him afterwards when he retweeted us, which is, you know, a, a cool feeling, especially when you're, you know, putting oh, yeah. business, yeah, just a couple months in and, you know, opening a business is definitely a, a daunting thing. I, I've never done it before. Uh, so yeah, you were blessed, was, you were blessed yeah, by the, the man himself. Yeah, it was it's certainly something I'll never forget. So powerful Joe Rogan incredible shout out to joe rogan um so you got into floating because of your the accident or how did you get into floating initially yeah i mean like i really just kind of did it I, honestly when i went out uh it was summer of 2012 i had never take i was let me see i was like 29 years old at the time or so and i had never taken a vacation in my entire adult life uh you know i was a bit of a workaholic even though i was doing something i wasn't like really passionate about so i took a month off and i literally said to my family that i was taking like a vision quest like i didn't know what i was doing but i was just trying to like figure out some things and like figure out what i'm doing with my life you know i'm coming up on turning 30 and i'm like i do not know what i want to be doing so i didn't know for sure i didn't didn't know when I headed out to California. I basically just did a road trip across the country and I didn't know like when I went out to California that I was going to float or anything, but you know, I was literally driving cross country, listening to podcasts, listening to Rogan. And I just looked up a float center. There was a bunch out there. I went to, uh, uh I think it was literally called like, uh, the, the float center floats, uh, float place or something like that. I, it's terrible. I can't remember the name, but it was in, uh, the Bay area, like in Oakland, San Francisco. And, uh, you know, I, I just did it to try to do the introspection, the meditative aspect. I was always into meditation, not like super hardcore or anything, but you know, I, I was into Buddhism and meditation and that's why I sought it out. And then once I got out the physical, impact that I felt on my body that's really where I knew for sure like that this was it because I mean I literally I still have in my mind the words from my surgeon from after my accident it was something to the effect of like you know, by the time you're 40, you're going to have the hip of a 60 year old. By the time you're 60, you're going to have the hip of an 80 year old. And I had struggled with uh, painkillers and being addicted and uh, abusing uh, pretty much every type of opiate that's out there. I mean, after the accident, it was severe physical trauma. I was prescribed Oxycontin and everything below it and just really struggled with it, struggled with it throughout the better part of my 20s as well. And uh, I, I just frankly like worried about getting re-addicted and having to deal with painkillers for the rest of my life. And so when I got out of that first float and didn't feel pain in my leg for the first time in 10 years, 
I was like, okay, th this is it. This is, I need this in my life. And I wasn't like a hundred percent sure I was going to open up a business or anything. But like I said, I knew I was either going to just straight up buy one and like put it in my basement at my house or something. Or, you know, then I really started thinking about it. I was going to uh, school part-time as well getting my MBA and didn't know what I wanted to do with that. I was just like, well, this will, this will hopefully help my career or something like that. And literally once I got back from that vacation in the fall semester, I did an independent study and started applying myself towards East coast floats by wrote up, you know, did initial business plan, financial projections, all that stuff. And then spent the next couple semesters, uh, in 2013 in the entrepreneur program in at my school, uh, continuing to just work on developing the business and the concept and everything. And yeah, we, I, me and my business partner, uh, formally formed our company in late 2013. We signed our lease in our first location here in early 2014. And then we opened up East coast float spa, our first location in, uh, basically like July of 2014. It's impressive that when I got so inspired by it, one of the reasons I wanted to I wanted to do what you were doing, but I don't I don't have the credit history that I've tried for a few years to get people involved and maybe get an investor or two. But uh, when I really started to look at it, uh, I was like, man, this is this is a lot of work and it's a lot of fun, not fun work, like being a business owner in taxes and dealing with Yelp reviews and, um, you know, the health department and just all kinds of things that go involved. It's not just putting people in the tank. And there's that aspect too, which is pretty heavy of, you know, what you're doing in terms of kind of a therapy and being a therapist and holding that space for people. So it's quite a leap from floating and enjoying it to, because, you know, another reason I think people want to do owning a float center is they want to have a tank of their own at their own disposal. And I, that's what I really want at the end of the day. And that's why I haven't gone as pushed as hard as I can to get a float center to try to get that going is I, I at the end of the day I just want one for myself right now and kudos to you for doing an exceptional job because not only have you opened up two exceptional float centers but and they're you know state-of-the-art pristine beautiful things but you've also I want to thank you for helping out as I mean I don't know how many people you've actually helped out probably over 10 but there's been so many people that have been in the New Jersey Philadelphia area that you have given free floats to through the float universe account so i wanted to thank you again for that and uh it's a you know it's it's one of those things too where you know you got to get that overhead right and you've got to have the right market and you've just got to be lucky and because i've seen a lot of float centers not make it too and it's been it's been unfortunate but you know business planning and a lot of things so congratulations on still going strong and i'm assuming business is still going well yeah, thanks, Ben. It's it's definitely very rewarding, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hard on myself. Always look at uh, the opportunity that exists to continue to improve and continue to get butts in the tanks. But uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's going about as well as I could hope. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely my pleasure. And I mean, I'll say anybody that's listening to this podcast at any time and once it's live, uh, you know, if you're in the failure Jersey area, there's use the use a promo code float universe on our website or give us a call and you can get a free float just by using that. I mean, I want people to float. Floating is one of those things too, where I always tell people this might sound a little weird, but like just 
do it. Just get your first one out of the way. It's something you're going to want to do more than once. Get your first one out of the way. There's a learn a learning curve. It sounds a little strong to say learning curve, but you know, the first time you do it, there's a novelty aspect. There definitely is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I want to, it, it, it's, it's the first thing I've ever really been like passionate about in my life too. And uh, you know, I, I, I want to, uh, sounds like a little, uh, I don't know, pretentious or something, but you know, I, it's, it's serving people, you know, it's, it's here, you're holding space for people. It's a healing modality. Um, you know, I was, when I was younger, before I, uh, you know, started working at the bank, I, I got my degree in psychology, my undergrad degree, and I pretty much knew that you, you really couldn't do anything in the psych field with just a, a bachelor's in psychology. And I was, I was always interested in doing like clinical psychology, but the thought of continuing going to school for another five to seven years after undergrad and then going into debt to do so just wasn't for me at that time. And then I, I, I was, I'm a little cynical too, and in, in, in so much that I feel like you can only help people so much people have to help themselves. And so I really do feel like floating is kind of like the, the best of that world in that, you know, you're creating a space where people can go in and work on themselves, heal themselves. And not to say you have to do like heavy work or anything when you're in there, you can just literally zone out and relax. And, you know, if you're in a good spot in your life or whatever, and you don't have stuff to work through, it's, you know, it's still a, an amazing experience. It still makes it feel great, but it is also literally like we were saying earlier, quoting Rogan. I mean, it's a amazing tool an amazing environment for introspection, for thinking about your thoughts. You you do get, as you said, a little bit out of body without really getting out of your body. It's, it's psychedelic in that regard in that, you know, you're going to be able to oh yeah think and have thoughts that are coming through a different perspective. That's not your normal madness or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I also had to really persevere initially too. I mean, I, I heard you mention like bad credit and stuff. I mean, I had that same problem. Uh, you know, I had, I had a falling out with, uh, I had a, I'll just say I had a falling out that caused some issues there. And, you know, it was not easy to get this place open. My business partner and I basically bootstrapped it almost completely by ourselves. We, I was able to get like a, a small loan from my family, but that was, well, that's you know, the other thing, man, there's a lot of hands in the pot and you've got a, uh, basically a business. And that was, that's how I was looking at it too. Like a, being in a business relationship is being like married and yeah, you, you know what I mean? So yeah, kudos to you. Like I said, because there's a lot of variables there to take on and I just want to be chill and have a good time and encourage people to get in it. But yeah, to do taxes and to deal with Yelp reviews and tanks that are, you know, pumps that are broken and all, you know, we see, we see what goes on and, uh, it, I'm not ready for that yet, but I'd, I'd love to have one and be a partner and just me do all the fun stuff and be the promoter and be the face and then let somebody be the money man and the investor and, you know, pull all the gears for me. I like to hear some floating success stories. And one of the, what I mean by that is I'll give a floating success story. There was a woman who used to, I mean, she probably still goes in there and totals in float. And when she first came in there, I mean, she must've been like 75 years old. She could barely walk. She was coming in there on a, like a, a walker. And after six months of floating and listening to binaural beats in the float tank, she was walking better than I was. And she started to do yoga and stuff. So uh, there was a guy that uh, was suicidal 
and my friend put him in the tank and he's no longer suicidal and that helped him he was he came out crying i've had i had a friend come out of the tank one time saying that she realized she was dating a psychopath for nine years and she was crying so uh it kind of relaxes you and whatever is there is going to be released so do you have any um, inspirational success stories with all the people you've worked with at your two locations yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would consider my, myself one for sure, but outside of myself, uh, there's, I mean, one of my favorite things, one of the most rewarding things for me, it, it's, it's literally, uh, you know, one of my most cherished things is our, like we call them a community float journals. You know, we keep it in our back lounge and reading people's experiences. Uh, it's, some of them are extremely powerful. I mean, I've, I've seen people in there talk about getting over deaths of loved ones, talking about getting through, uh, drug and alcohol addiction, uh, Talk, talking about uh, like thinking about killing themselves and no longer thinking about it after floating. Uh, so like scenes of those types of, those are the types of things that people typically aren't going to tell you in person, but you know, you can read those things pseudonymously that they write in the journal and it's, it's really powerful. And then I've definitely also seen some pretty cool uh, physical success stories. There was one older gentleman who got out and he was swinging his arm around in like full range of motion. And we have him on camera talking about it. He was like super excited going, this is the first time in years I've been able to do this. And then there was another guy who came in walking with a cane and very hunched over. And then when he brought, I don't know if it was his wife or, you know, his partner or whatever, but the person he was there with was just floored afterwards words and taking pictures because he was basically walking without his cane standing straight up like they they met we got a measuring tape and you know he had basically uh started standing up like four or five inches more straight and upright so uh yeah stuff like that's really awesome to see it's it's really rewarding so even on those worst days when you're dealing with pumps uh being broken and me and my business partner have definitely had our share of that and uh they always seem to happen at the worst time i know i i have multiple memories of me and him being here on like uh new year's eve one year and then on the weekend before mother's day another year trying to fix stuff at three in the morning so we don't have to cancel sessions but like it's all totally worth it and you know i i wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything it's just it's so amazing You're, you, there's a lot of parallels to your story of you basically what I've been able to tell, especially tonight's post was pretty powerful with your car accident, but we both had broken bodies and we've, and, and I guess substance abuse problems because of that. And I know myself, I'm not fully there. I'm still working through balancing my cannabis use. And I'm also still, because of that, I'm still amusing it because I'm still putting together my body. I'm still, you know, realigning things and getting in better shape. But because of the the tank, the tank showed me how broken I was and all the ways I could go with it. So, um, you know, I just, again, I wanted to thank you for all those people that you floated, particularly what you did with John and Mariah when they came through and uh, floated with you guys. That was big because um, that was part of his journey across America. And I wanted to try to get him as many tanks as possible and have you guys kind of spread the float. That's what I love about the float community. Um, 99% of the community is, is just great people, and they're all like you two for the most part. They all just want to help people out, get people in the tank. I, I think everybody's like me and you. If they could float people for free, um, they would. 
that's what I would. It, my dream is to get like a billion dollars and just build float float tanks and and let people float. It, you know, try to make some money to keep it operational, but you know, not 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 to get rich off of it. Um, so, do you have any interesting personal experiences in the tank? Um, I tend to not talk about it too much because it's not too common for me. And I'll admit, I go probably went seventy five percent of the time in the tank zone. So I didn't. If I did, if something happened, I wouldn't remember it. But I had a handful of times, and I think I floated probably about five hundred hours. And like one of the experiences I had was, it was a particularly hot, hotter than normal float, and I was sweating a little bit. And I had this vision of I was in front of this fire, and it was like Native Americans, and they were encouraging me to come to the fire and to dump, like release uh, whatever whatever the emotion was at the time into the fire. So, have you had any visionary experiences in the tank without using psychedelics? Uh, yeah, for sure. I would say that the more intense visionary experiences have been aided by, uh, plant medicines for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the, what really usually impacts me the most is, uh, I wouldn't even necessarily say they're like visionary in so much that it's not a visual experience, but it's more of like just a full on out of body experience where I'm, I must say like time traveling, but like almost going backwards in time, uh, and really like doing like memory regression and not like going through necessarily repressed memories or anything like that. But I, I'll do a thing where I kind of envision it as like a wheel almost and i'll just pick a point and, and start there and be like all right this is where this is what your life was like when you were 25 or whatever and this is who you were dating and this is what you were doing with your life and then just kind of keep going backwards from there and uh i oftentimes will use relationships as a like a barometer or like a touch point for for like where i was at in my life and really try to uh, like work through why things failed. Like why, why did my relationship with this woman end, or, you know, why did I get into a argument with my parents that led me to not speak with them for months and, you know, just really like learning processes. Um, and so I find that it's just a super beneficial environment to do that. It's like a very directed approach of thinking through your, your life and going through stuff that you might not normally be thinking about because it's not typically comfortable, but, you know, trying to reflect and learn and just become a better person. And then I also, I mean, this isn't like very profound or anything, but I oftentimes have auditory hallucinations uh, and i mean hallucination sounds like a strong word but just me too you know yeah i mean it's not even like i think i'm hearing something it's like i know i'm hearing something but yeah it's, ju it's just me it's just me at the spa it's, or it's overnight and nobody else is here and you know nothing is on and i'm still thinking or not thinking knowing that i'm hearing something and i've had multiple scenarios like that um some have been extremely intense and those have typically been the ones where uh i've been aided by other uh plant allies but uh, like extremely intense to the point where almost, uh, not, not almost like definitely untenable. And I, I had to get out. I was like, I know this isn't real, but 
I can't, I can't deal with this. And it wasn't pleasant, like literally hearing sirens and stuff. And I'm like telling myself going like there, there's no sirens. That's not real. But then I'm thinking like, well, what if it is? And, you know, just, just crazy stuff like that. I, I was convinced that I heard my business partner like doing construction one night when we were both here in the early days of it. And I got out and was convinced I was going to see him out in our lounge, like putting stuff together, but he was still in there floating in the other room next to me. So just, you know, weird, weird stuff like that, where, you know, your mind definitely plays tricks on you. And one thing I've also noticed too, is I feel like there's a, a priming effect to some degree, meaning that like, if you're thinking of about that type of thing, it seems to manifest. Um, you know, oh thinking, yeah, big yeah, like time. Thinking you're going to hear something, and then you definitely hear it. Or thinking that a light's going to come on, and then you you see a light, and then it's like, but did that light really come on? And yeah, so like that well, that seems to be a pretty weird synchronistic thing that happens. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, psychedelic means mind manifesting, and I'll I'll go as I'll, I'll say float tanks are super psychedelic because I was using float tanks in the beginning. When I first got in there, I hadn't really done psychedelics in a long time. Floating opened the door for the whole psychedelic journey. But so I started floating and it was so profound in the beginning because my mind hadn't experienced that. Now, the more I did it, the less profound it became. So the astonishment levels were lower. And so that reality of astonishment was huge in the beginning. And it was able to be really pushed and pulled. And I was able to really manifest the next day. I would get in the tank and I would do weddings. And so I did have a couple of days before the wedding. And sometimes some of these weddings were two or three days long. And then I would, um, I'd get in the tank and I would visualize every second of the day and of the wedding and, and how it would go forward. And I would plant in these visionary, um, like trying to influence the future. I would plant things in the reality that would be like signs that I was manifesting this certain reality, like certain sequences of numbers or certain things that could appear in reality that were uh, possible, but not probable. And so when I was doing that in the beginning, I, I, I almost had to stop. I'm like, this is actually like voodoo. This is black magic. I, I shouldn't be doing this. It's like bending reality too much. And then to take psychedelics in the tank is to just magnify that times a thousand. So, um, yeah, super psychedelic, uh, powerful. Yeah. And the, the, the audio stuff gets so powerful. Sometimes I have to get up and check. I'm like, man, is somebody knocking on the door or is the pump like clicking that hard? Yeah, but, it's, it's, but it's not. It's nothing. Um, the next thing was, it was interesting. I was listening to the, the Psychedelics Today interview, and you were talking about, and you didn't get into it much, which is hopefully we can talk about here, but the not only the opioid addiction and the pain management thing you were doing, dealing with, but more interesting enough was, I guess it was like bulimia or like an eating disorder you, you would work through in the tank. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I Honestly, I feel like the the bulimia thing was something that I mean, I was definitely still struggling with it when we opened up uh, when we opened up here. I didn't even really talk. I was I felt like I was basically still struggling with it until maybe like three or four years ago. Um, and I literally like never talked about it at all until then. And um, I've always had I mean, it, it, it's what I would describe it as is it's not like the typical when people think of bulimia of usually like binging and purging. I was more of like the non-purging bulimia and, you know, which is almost like just a fancy word for uh, overeating. But I would typically balance it with like excessive exercise Uh you know, I, I would understand that, okay, if I eat this entire cake and it's 
2,500 calories that equates to eight hours on the bike tomorrow or whatever. So, um, I struggled with body dysmorphia for a really long time. And I mean, I like to say that I'm past it, but there's definitely times where I feel like I still have dysmorphic tendencies or whatever. Um, and a lot of that stemmed from other physical trauma that I had when I was younger. I, uh, I wound up having, I, um, I wound up when I was like 14, I wound up having to have one of my testicles removed. And so I, you know, I would say that I was like castrated or neutered or whatever, but like that really fucked with my head big time across all kinds of levels. And I definitely developed massive body dysmorphia and, uh, like an eating disorder for sure. Uh, because of that, I was never like, I was always like chubby or like borderline fat or whatever when I was younger and definitely dealt with a lot of bullying and, and stuff like that throughout most of my childhood and teenage years. And then like that totally exacerbated it and just really took me like inwards into, you know, just this, this unhealthy place. Um, and so, you know, like I became aware of the fact that I was dysmorphic and had bulimia through mushrooms in my twenties. Like, cause it, it's, it, it basically becomes like an insanity type of thing. Like there's, I, I don't know who, who the quote is. I think I've heard it attributed to Einstein. I don't know if that's real or not, but it's something like, you know, uh, doing something again and doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. And it's like, you know, you, you'd go and you'd buy food and you'd tell yourself you're not going to binge it, but you a hundred percent do binge it. Cause it's your, you know, you're out of control, but it is a control thing. You're binging because you're trying to maintain control over the lack of control that you feel for the trauma that you've gone through. So like really trying to untie that has taken me uh, like, you know, a decade or more basically. So that even when I started the spa, I was, you know, I was in a better place, but I still was definitely dysmorphic. Uh, I still definitely had episodes of binging. Um, it was like more under control, but you know, if I would get extremely stressed, I mean, that's really when it would come out. It's cause it's, it's obviously a coping mechanism and unhealthy one at that. So, um, through, through floating, the other cool thing about floating too, is that it gives you a, uh, like an, a heightened, heightened or different sense of your body. I think the technical or clinical words is, is like interoception. So you kind of become more aware of your body and it's how it feels and stuff like that. So I just was, it's, it's honestly kind of hard to artic articulate how it happened or when it fell away. And like I said, if I'm being fully honest, there's definitely times and days where I feel like I still am dysmorphic to some degree. You know, I, I go and I work out all the time. I'm, I'm constantly at the gym and yet, you know, I'm, I'm, I can still be very hard on myself and see, you know, it's hard for me not to just see flaws and I have to, you know, consciously focus on positives and affirmations and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that floating definitely helped with, but it kind of honestly just started to fall away eventually through consistent floating, through consistent working on myself, doing those like memory regression type of things. Like I mentioned, thinking about my thoughts, realizing that these aren't like real thought patterns. They're just 
unhealthy negative thought patterns that are coming from traumatic events in my life that I didn't deal with in a healthy or like honest and open fashion at all when I was younger. And uh, the other thing that definitely helped me too was, what I, I mean, I mentioned it was, was psychedelics, like mushrooms. And then I feel like when I, uh, I've smoked DMT multiple times, but the one, my first like massive breakthrough, I felt like it rewired my brain a hundred percent for sure. Like, I feel like that was one of the turning points of when I started to get better. I mean, it wasn't like a drop of the hat and everything was different, but it, but it was like, I, when I, when I got done, I remember saying to my friend, like, I just felt this this fundamental sense of, of like ease or calmness that I hadn't felt since I could remember, you know, since I was probably a child and wasn't as conscious. Uh, so that definitely helped. And it was hard for me to even believe that that was true, but I I've read a lot of stuff about that as well with people having similar experiences with ayahuasca in particular and the, you know, the, the neuroplastic, uh, impacts that it can have on your brain and rewiring, uh, what your, you know, typical negative grooves are in there. So, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of things because I've <laughs> my, my issues ran quite deep. So, uh, floating also tied into that too, because I feel like if I didn't have that float practice, I wouldn't have been able to get as much from these psychedelic experiences. I wouldn't have been able to be as present and just breathe and just let go because I was used to being able to do that. So there's a lot of like crossover between those things. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how uh, like succinct all that is, or if it makes sense to anybody at all. Because frankly, not it doesn't really make sense to me. It's not a it's not a rational thing. You know, it's not a rational thing to hate yourself or to hate your body or to think you're fat when most people would say you're jacked or whatever. So you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing, man, to see beautiful people who just absolutely hate themselves. It's it's incredible. It's I always see that with a beautiful woman. She's got like a troll of a guy, and I'm like, that woman hates herself. Because she's, you know, the mushroom told me one time, it's like, you're manifesting outwardly what you what you are internally, you're manifesting externally. And I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I looked at who I was with, and I'm like, I, and I saw the level of self-hate, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're in alignment. So totally. Yeah, and that, what you just said is definitely, like, fucked with my head a lot, because I feel like that's, that's definitely true, and it's manifested itself in dramatic ways in my life in dramatically negative ways in my life. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's something. <laughs> well, negative to the ego's perspective, but perhaps, you know, ultimately whatever that scary thing is, is trying to bring you into the, you know, greater union with divinity. Right. That's what I believe at least that every, even the, the negative, nasty, bad things in your life are, are serving some higher purpose to bring you into a greater alignment with source. That's the gist yep. of what I believe. Hundred percent. I I believe that too. Although it's it's sometimes it's always good to hear that as a reminder because it's like I know that to be true, but my my ego brain and my rational brain will sometimes take over, and you know you forget the fact that it it is all just happening, and it's you know yeah. it's you judge it as being negative or whatever. So. Well, I appreciate, you know, stepping to the level of truth tonight and honesty with the, the eating disorder stuff, because I actually, I don't know if you've read Emily's book, Unsinkable Limb. Have you read that? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that also definitely helped me too. like reading that and realizing like, oh, damn, I'm I'm not alone at all. Like, not only am I not alone with the bulimia aspect, I'm not alone with somebody who's used floating to, to help with it. So yeah, like literally just reading that book definitely also helped me too. just it helps you not feel as as crazy because like, you know, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy to make yourself, you know, sick from eating yourself, like, you know, you're literally eating yourself to death. And I, I, I feel like I could could see that as almost like a uh i don't know like a a fate that i had my my grandfather was was almost borderline morbidly obese he died from complications from surgery at a relatively young age at like i mean not not young but like he was i think he was 69 or something like that when i was a teenager and which is you know basically the age my parents are at right now and i look at them and like you know it doesn't seem like they're that old but like i literally could just see myself falling into this this trap that's uh you know, and I don't know why he overate. I don't know what issues he had, but it's like, you know, I could see that this was one path that my life could go down if I couldn't get my shit together. You've gone from, I guess, broken and you fixed yourself and now you've created a space where other people can come and fix themselves. So you've come a long way. I hope you keep that in perspective. Um, and I feel like we've come, the ones that wake up are the ones that have come to, I, I truly believe, break the cycle of their family's karma. Uh, and so in a way, like my and your awakening, it, it, it's going to help our families, their karma. We, we break the chain. I believe that at least. Uh, the next question was, have you ever caught anybody coming in there fully loaded, trying to trip in the tank? Uh, yeah, it's happened. Not not very frequently. Um, we had somebody that who's like, a, a, she's like a regular here. And I wasn't here that day, um, but she apparently did. They didn't. Our my my staff that was here didn't realize that she was, uh, you know, on anything when she got in. But I guess she wound up getting out like halfway through and being like just confessing, going like, "Yo, I'm I'm having a real hard time right now. I ate some mushrooms. This is way more intense than I was expecting." And like, she was fine. She wasn't you know freaking out or anything, but basically just needed somebody needed somebody to be there and talk to her and you know that it was it was no big no no issue or anything i mean and that definitely happens that's happened to me i've had times where i've gone in and had to get out because it was just too, too much for me to to handle like i know the five dried grams in silent darkness is the is the the catchphrase and the meme that and i feel like that is definitely way too intense for a, a float tank in general i mean maybe what, what's, I don't know, the, I what, what's the most you've done in the tank uh probably about like three grams and i felt like that was too much i i feel like literally it just wasn't pleasant and i don't know if that was yeah, oh just a, yeah man i did three and a half in the tank and i went the first reality was i, w I woke up in Simpsons, everything was Simpsons. It wasn't in Springfield, but everything, my reality was now Simpsons. My parents, the streets, where I live was Simpsons. And I said, I don't want to be in the Simpsons reality. And I, you know, closed my eyes again and I woke up and then an elephant flew in with wings and took me through the dreams of my friends. I don't know if those dreams are real or not, but that was what, that was how it played out. It was very visionary. It was very powerful. What's, what, what's the longest you've been in the tank? Uh, Probably about like four hours. Uh, I, 
I typically, if I'm floating late, we'll do like, you know, I just hit the three hour button usually. And then that way, if, you know, my body's feeling to get out earlier, I can, but, um, you know, I, I my old man bladder will kick in eventually too. And I, I can't stay in like indefinitely. So you like three or four hours is about as long as I've gone. Um, but yeah, I had when that, that time on three grams was, uh, I was basically seen like I was in the Bardo state, man, like the straight up Alex Gray level paintings. And I mean, obviously he's getting those, th- that's visionary art. Cause that is, I mean, another, that's dimension. amazing. It's amazing how I went to the dome too. And I'm like, Oh, this is this, the Alex Gray is a real place. That's where he's getting it from. It's just like some real place kind of. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it was all encompassing all around breathing, interacting. And like, no matter what I did, no matter what I tried to think about, if I closed my eyes, opened my eyes, even if I turned on the light inside, it was still there. And, uh, Oh yeah, that's good times. It, it wasn't like, it's not like it was scary, but it was a little, and it was just so, so intense. So, so, so all encompassing and, you know, just so, so real. I mean, I know we, the word is hallucination is used, but uh, often, as I'm sure you've experienced it, it oftentimes sure doesn't seem like a hallucination. It seems like it's more real than this. You know what I think it is? I think what's happening, and it's very similar when it's either mushroom to DMT, but you can get to a sub-threshold level or you can have a high level of mushrooms where it's just a, a, an eye-opening, like hyperspace dome experience. And I think it's like unfiltered, the grid of unfiltered reality. It's like the hol- the holodeck on Star Trek got shut off, and those are the walls. And so, like right before you're about to break through, it's really strong. But if you take a you know a small dose, you're like you can sometimes you can it, it, the it like the, that hologram kind of breaks free a little bit. That's how I see it at least. Is like you, the fil- the five filters of the senses have been dropped, and this is just you're free. Everything that is unfiltered is just playing free. And it, I guess your emotional state is what's coloring it. That's been my experience, but only, I think, five or six times. Yeah, I, I think you're pretty spot on there for sure. And I, I, I'd, I'd, off, I'd held off talking about this type of stuff, too, because there's, to some degree, it could be seen as potentially being, you know, like irresponsible or unprofessional. But I mean, one of the things that I, I think is pretty cool is where is where the future's going with psychedelics. I'm sure you're familiar with maps and, and their work to get stuff legalized. And, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of synergy between maps in the psychedelic space and floating. Rick Doblin, the CEO of MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, the, they're like the leading scientific group that's pushing to get uh, MDMA legalized. Uh, you know, they're saying by 2021. And he recently spoke at the, there's an industry float conference every year. And I think it was, I want to say it was two years ago. It might've even been last year, but uh, he was there relatively recently, spoke and did a presentation on what he saw as like the future. And he didn't straight up say, you know, we're going to be using psychedelics in float centers. But I mean, he more or less did and read between the lines. He's there at the float conference, but he's literally saying that he envisions you know, a spa-like atmosphere where people are taking these substances in a controlled fashion. And, you know, what they do right now with those studies is it's it's in a 
you know, it's not in a float tank, but it's in like a, a quiet room. So, I mean, it seems like a, a definite next step type of thing. So I, I think that's pretty cool. I think that, you know, the future definitely is bright for this stuff. And there's going to be, you know, more and more people are going to talk about it. It's going to become more normalized and there's, you know, there's going to be definitely an opportunity for the synergy between, uh, you know, floating and the psychedelic space, whether that's much psilocybin, MDMA or whatever. So I think, I think that's, that's something that definitely excites me for sure. It excites me so much because I, it, from the beginning, my vision has been just that, which is when I got into Lily, I'm like, well, this is what he's talking about. It's kind of a, a package deal here. Yeah, the floating's great, but he's doing it with these other things to like blast off to the next level. And so it's like, for me, it's always been that. And when I first started floating, I wasn't seeking psychedelics, but sure enough, the, the next float I came in and they started to manifest in my reality. And I, I truly believe that floating does two things. It, first of all, it gives you the stillness of your being to hear whatever the message is louder. And another revelation I've had recently is the second part is it relaxed you so deep that the stuff underneath can come up faster. And like letting go is very crucial in my experience in most trips to going deep. And uh, and also not letting go is what kind of leads to bad trips sometimes. So the, the tank is phenomenal in potentiating psychedelic experiences both in and out because one thing I always tell people is when I was floating all the time, it was like I was creating this trench in my brain. And every time I'd float, it would get a little deeper. And what that trench is, is basically my meditation groove. And I'd get out of the tank and I could have a beautiful sitting or laying down meditation because I already had that groove that I created in the tank. I had no zero experience with floating prior to my first or met with meditation prior to my first float. So um, I had never experienced anything like that. So it was like going from the uh the the gutter to the penthouse in one day and so for me i was i was sold and selling floating is really hard um when, when we were trying to do a float center down here one of the people i was working with he's like bro he's like how are we going to sell floating he's like meditation is free i'm like that's a good point so i guess the next question is how do you what what's your what's your big pitch how do you sell people or do you sell do you even have a sales pitch yeah, I mean, like I'd say I do, but I don't. I mean, I, well, one thing I learned in uh, you know business school is some some old adage, and it's something to the effect of like, if you try to appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one, or if you try to sell to everyone, you'll sell to no one. So you you need to not make like all encompassing claims. You need to know who you're talking to and what floating would solve for them. So like the meditative aspect. Uh, that would be something that I would talk about if I know that the person's into meditation and trying to go deeper or that they struggle with meditation. They've wanted to try it, but I mean, oftentimes I'll talk about it from just a physical perspective because of the, the healing aspect of that. I, I mean, it's, it's very complimentary to people that are athletes or that work out. So, you know, when I go down to, to local gyms and, you know, talk to the trainers there, leave our cards there, go to yoga studios. 
um, you know, talk to people that are in like pain support groups and stuff like that for fibromyalgia or anything similar to that. So, you know, floating does have a lot of different benefits. It's got a lot of physical benefits and then it's got a lot of potential benefits for your mind in terms of helping with anxiety or whatever other things you might want to work through. But you kind of just need to like know your audience, I guess, and, and narrow it down to that, um, um, in terms of how I, I usually sell it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you also just kind of like describe what it does. Like if it's going to be just like a, a general sales pitch, like when I think of some of the like more successful ads we've ran on uh, social media and stuff, it's like something basic to the effect of just no cell phone, no emails, no text messages, no interruptions, just you. And that lets you unplug and disconnect so you can reconnect with yourself. So like that, I guess, would be my most like succinct little generalized sales pitch to to give to the masses or whatever. How many times do you think you floated? Probably in the high hundreds. I mean, I think maybe there's a chance I've broken. Yeah, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, it's got to be more than that as an owner. Yeah. Like hour wise, for sure. Like in in the thousands because I, I i'm assuming it's probably above a thousand but yeah i'm not that there's i'm as you, as i know you've seen i'm like somewhat heavily tattooed and so every time i you know you get a tattoo there's a, a down period where you can't float so like, oh true oh so that's actually a pretty good thing you brought up there is there anything i know when i first started floating i had to put a little vaseline on a cut is there anything else like uh, tips that you can give to people who were going to float for the first time that may have hair coloring dreads tattoos open wounds, anything you can add to the mix? Yeah, stay away. Uh, uh, yeah, for a hair dye in particular, I mean, what we always tell people is basically just, we cannot accommodate recent hair dye within like the last two weeks or so. You just need to make sure that it's not bleeding when you take a shower, wash it at least twice before you come. Um, you know, the, the besides, it's not even just like a selfish thing because obviously you don't want the hair dye to leach into the water and then you have to, you know, drain the tub and clean the tub or whatever. But you also don't want the person in there to have their hair dye ruined and, you know, you spend you spend good money on that and then also you'll just be sitting there worried about it the whole time so it will literally just yeah not comfortable exactly. yeah so you know you you're you inherently will get your hair wet is what i tell people like you know you can use a neck pillow you can put on a hair cap or a shower cap or whatever but a swimmer's cap but there's no guarantee that you're not going to have some wisps come out and get into the water and you just just don't risk it i mean you've got all the time in the world to float just make sure your hair dies solid um you know tattoos i usually say like it depends on like how, how intense it is, but somewhere around like 10 to 14 days, I think I usually wait the lowest I've waited is 12. Uh, you know, I just don't want to mess around and, you know, screw up anything there. So yeah, you just don't want any open wounds. You don't want any open cuts either. You don't want to shave wax or tan about 12 to 24 hours prior, depending on how sensitive your skin is just so that it won't get irritated by the salt. I mean, even things like I'll go in there and not realize that my cats have like scratched me like in the middle of the night or something sleeping on my chest. And then you get in, you realize what is that stinging? Oh, okay. I've got a giant cat scratch on my back of my thigh. I didn't realize. So, uh, yeah, you want to, Make sure you consider those things. You also don't want to go in like super hungry or super full. You just don't want your stomach being a distraction while you're in there floating one way or the other. Um, you know, if you're nor if you're used to 
being in like a fasted state and that's another thing but for you know the average person that might not be you just want to kind of uh, almost use like what you'd uh, what you want your stomach to be like if you're going to exercise as an analogy again like not super hungry not super full um, usually you want to try to avoid caffeine to some degree I'm I'm typically caffeinated for the most part of the day but I also do try to back it off because you know you get in there it's almost just antithetical to what you're trying to do which is relax and then you know when you're in there you do really feel and notice your heartbeat and your breath and then if you're all hopped up on caffeine whatever it's coffee or or whatever you're gonna just notice your heartbeat racing it like and it it detracts from the experience. So I've, I've noticed that myself, uh, just with drinking coffee. So just something to be conscientious of. Um, yeah. And I mean, I would just say, <laughs> this is going to sound basic, but like be prepared, look up the directions in advance, understand if there's free parking or not. So that way, like, you know, the last thing you want to do is be running late or worried about getting there on time and getting stuck in traffic for your first float. You know, you want to get there and, and not be going in super stressed and going in off of the momentum of of traffic and life and whatnot so you know just being somewhat prepared if you're if you have any like apprehension about it too like just go in and get a tour of the place first to ask questions i mean almost anywhere you go is gonna you know give you a tour for free you just gotta also go at a time obviously when people aren't in the tanks or whatever so yeah i mean there there's 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 nothing to it otherwise i mean it's a passive thing you just got to show up do it go in with yes an open mind. that's important it's very passive you you can be the laziest fucking person in the world and it'll work for you keep yeah, going and, and go just I'd, I'd say, yeah just go in with like an open mind too. try not to go in like thinking it's going to be like anything which is easier said than done but uh, you know we talked about rogan initially too that the only like i would say downside of that is that i feel like there are sometimes people that come in and have heard him talking about like and, i mean we've talked about it too about how it can be very psychedelic and that's Edibles. not always gonna happen yeah so you know people we've had there were some college guys that were in here recently and and they you know they got out and were like yeah, it was, I mean, it was relaxing, but, you know, I didn't see anything. It just wasn't what I was, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be more like taking a drug. And so, you know, it's, it's always going to be different every time too. It's, it's somewhat dependent on, you know, you're just like psych psychedelics, like set and setting. It's going to depend on very important. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's going to always influence it. The time of day that you float will influence it too. You know, it depends on how physically tired you are or stressed or, you know, what you got going on. I sometimes find that um, floating in the morning, you kind of are able to get into more of like a lucid dreamlike state a little bit easier, at least for me, because you, you know, you've only been awake for a couple hours. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, you know, that would be a recommendation versus going in at two or four in the afternoon in times where, you know, on average people are starting to kind of fade and crash or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, again, it's, it's, you're going to have expectations. You're going to have, you're going to visualize in your mind what it's like. You'll have talked to people. You've heard a podcast. You'll have watched videos, but it's experiential. You know, you, you can't imagine what it is really until you do it. You just need to try it and do it and then do it again. Like, like I was yes. saying earlier, like commit to doing it more than once, no matter what. Minimum uh, three. And, yeah, and try to do it, and try to make those three like within a, a short-ish time frame. Don't the, an analogy that I give is like it's like doing yoga. You know, if you go and you do yoga once, 
that's cool. That's great. But you're not going to get as deep into downward dog as if you went on a weekly basis or if you went at least minimally once a month. Right. So like not to say it needs to become an indefinite practice, but it, it should be. And yeah, you, you should consider it basically incorporating it into your healthy lifestyle is, is how I think about it. But yeah, like commit to those three, try to get them all like minimally within like I'd say three months is, is almost bordering on too long. Like ideally float once book your next session within like two to four weeks max. And then same thing, your next session within two to four weeks max. And then like at that point you'll have, you'll have experienced it and you'll, you'll basically know, I mean, I'll, I don't want to say like, you'll know if it's for you or not, because like it is for you. If you're listening to this and you haven't floated, it it's for you. And if you have listened to this and you have floated, you know, it's for you and you should probably go do it again. Right. It, it it's, it's something that almost everybody is going to get benefits from, you know, the dude, even after hear. 500 times, I still need to do it again. Like if yeah. I go and I do it, I'm, it's like, oh, wow, a weight's, a weight's been lifted off my shoulder. So I've had these weights lifted off every a lot, just like you, but imagine, you know, somebody who's never had a weight lifted off them. they need to get those weight lifted off. So yes. Yeah. Yeah for, sure. yeah, for sure. No, no. Yeah. And, and like, I think, at least for me, like I didn't even realize how relaxed I could be. Like if you've never, if you've never experienced it, you literally don't realize it. And then like, I'll notice the big difference is when I actually like walk out and get in the car and start driving. And then the, you know, baseline adrenaline kicks in of going 50 miles an hour down the road and your metal box are on wheels. Like that's when you're like, Oh geez. Okay. I'm, I'm, I operate at a, at a much more typically stressed level than I just was. I didn't realize how relaxed I could be. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's very, again, just experiential for lack of a better word. You, you know, you, you don't know what dancing is until you dance. You don't know what floating yes. is. Yes. 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 That's it. That's the, that's the perfect analogy. And that's really the truth about floating. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing to compare it to even DMT is its own thing. And it's not like DMT, it's its own thing, and it's that powerful in its own way, which I think is very important. I, my biggest rule when I put people in the tank is no expectations. That's the number one rule. Forget about what Joe Rogan said. Forget about what I said. Forget about what you've you know, conceptualized, and just see what happens. Just try to have no expectations because then they won't be you – know, you won't be disappointed when they're not met, and uh, you might be surprised. So my first float was basically – I spent the first 20, I got a 90 minute float. I recommend if they offer, I don't know what you recommend. I recommend 90 uh, for the yes. first, if they offer it. Um, some places don't offer them. Like there's a place down here that only offers 60 minutes and that's it. You can obviously buy blocks of more time, but in terms of they don't have a 90. But so yeah, you get a, I had a 90 minute float and I was very nervous. I was new to it. I was going to get, I was going to get naked and lay in the dark and I didn't know what to expect, but they were very welcoming. And I got in there in the first 20 minutes I spent orientating myself and stretching and just the novelty of this experience was just being explored and then what happened was I said okay now I gotta try to give myself to the experience and I, I got as still as I could get centered myself in the tank and then what happened was with the eyes open I started to feel like I was going down a drain I started to spin and it, was, it wasn't unpleasant to me because that's what I was kind of looking for but uh and, I, and then I, I reached a state where I, I was still, and I, and I felt really good, and I was kind of like a little bit outside of my body, and I was sold after that. So that was my first float experience, and let's see here. Oh, so I wanted to talk about the, the, the actual float centers themselves that you guys have built. 
Um, if you wanted to tell us about the first one you built, like the, the things you guys offer, because I know you offer just more than floating. I think you have an oxygen bar and, and other things. So if you want to tell us a little, about, a little bit about East Coast, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, here at East Coast Float Spa in our Westchester location, which is in the western Philly suburbs, uh, we opened in 2014. And we've got we currently have three float rooms and then we have we call it our post float lounge in the back. So that's where we have an oxygen bar on one side and that's where you also have like complimentary tea and spa water and iced tea we provide all that so that way you can still chill out and relax even if you don't want to purchase time on the oxygen bar and we thought that that was kind of an important thing too uh when when i when my business partner and i went around the country and visited a bunch of places before we opened up that was just the one thing that we saw at a lot of places we went to that we didn't like is that there really wasn't an area to go relax afterwards typically it was just kind of you get shuffled back out to the lobby and yes listen to people answering phone calls or the next next guests walking in or whatever so we really did think that that was an important thing to have just like a you know a chill area for you to re keep relaxing afterwards and then we also have uh, zero gravity massage chairs, which are pretty legit. I mean, people love that. People love floating, but they also love the massage chairs. Like I hear icing on the cake all the time. They're like, you know, they're the next level past what you'd see at the airport or the mall or anything like that. But they've got heat and variable strength and intensity that you can control for like a full body or body part specific massage. So it's like you almost have five pairs of hands going all over you. And then the zero gravity aspect comes from the fact that it tilts back past horizontal to take the pressure off of your back and spine. So it's, it's kind of like you're floating. It's not like a full on inversion table, but, but kind of like that. Uh, so yeah, we've got those, you can, you can do that before your float too. I mean, a lot, we call it the post float lounge. Cause the idea is it's a place for you to keep relaxing after your float. So you don't have to head back out to reality until you're ready, but it can be nice to also do do that beforehand, especially the massage chairs. It's a good way to just decompress and, and get a little bit more centered before you go into float. So you're not going in off of the momentum of life and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's what we have currently here. Um, we definitely, I, I have visions of continuing to uh, improve. Uh, we have some space that we can optimize. My our next step is I definitely want to put in an infrared sauna here. That's that was my next question. Yeah. I want one selfishly for sure, but Oh uh, yeah. I love them. I'm, I'm obsessed. I go once a week for an hour, 155 degrees. And I get right in the cryo. I get right in the cryotherapy afterwards. I feel like a fucking million dollars. I love it. I I did cryo today for the first time actually, and it, oh. I, I did. Oh, so. okay. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't know if it was. Your, I didn't read it though. I didn't know it was your first time. So, what did you think of that? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm relatively healthy in general, so like I didn't feel like a massive difference, but I definitely felt good. I mean, yeah. well, uh, how, I did. How low did you go? Uh, I think he just did it at the, what it was regular. I think he said it was like, uh, negative 130 Celsius, negative 220 Fahrenheit, something like that. Yeah. Wait till they get you up to the higher levels. You'll, <laughs> uh, was... yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that there was like different levels. I guess I should have asked, but I'm sure they probably don't bust that out on the first time or whatever. Well, that's the thing too. Uh, you got to acclimate a little bit to it, I think. But for yeah. me, I, 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 you're going to sleep amazing tonight. I think too, like that was one of the, like, there's so many things for uh, cryotherapy. How much did you pay for it was really the question, though. Uh, well, I I have the good fortune of not having to pay for things sometimes since I own a float spa. So I uh, did not have to pay. Uh, uh, lucky. So that yeah. Was 
it's cool. I didn't even expect that, but you know, he, the dude just hooked it up and, you know, I, I actually went there to drop off some cards and try to establish, you know, a, a relationship with those guys. Cause they're, they're relatively new and they're literally like a five minute walk down the road. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't even expecting to, to do it when I went, but I mean, that's, that's something that we even talked about doing up at our Princeton location. We, we do have room to optimize the space there too. And it's, it's a bigger facility there. We have five foot rooms. Um, and like, our facility here in Westchester is is nice. It's good, and like everybody always says, it's nice and good. But like for people that have seen both, our one up in Princeton is awesome. It's you know we learned a lot by doing this one. We made a list of stuff that we wanted to do to improve, and you know you can just tell it's it's totally next level. So it's it's a really nice facility. The the rooms are state of the art, uh, and then you know the post float lounge is still there, but it's bigger. So we've got three of the zero gravity massage chairs. We have two oxygen bars, and the lounge is just bigger uh and we still have room to optimize the space there and you know put in a infrared sauna or cryo or possibly even both i mean it's it's we've only been open for a year up there so one step at a time and we're looking to try to you know continue to expand our footprint that's my my big goal for for this year and beyond as well that we're you know making strides to do currently so uh yeah i mean it's it's uh it's something i'm passionate about and i'm really you know excited about the opportunity to be in the industry and to you know hopefully continue to be a leader and yeah and, you, you, you know, definitely are a leader you definitely are a leader in the industry and it's been uh, it's been great to know you uh the westchester interestingly enough has bam majera ever come in there uh, he has not, I've actually seen him at the gym, but, uh, his, I think it's his wife. I don't know. I'm not like super up to date with his personal life, but I believe it's his current wife. Uh, if not, she still has his last name. She works at, or like does, I don't know, freelancing or something at like a local, uh, crystal and herb shop. That's right in town sometimes I believe. And oh, she's been perfect. Perfect. You should use yeah. Bamba Jerry. You need to float. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, buddy. God, that was the thing. I, I'm like Westchester. I'm like that. That I remember Viva La Bam. I used to love that show, and that's where his oh, house yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was looking at that. I was doing a little research on Westchester today, and his house that that Viva La Bam house is now being renovated for. He still owns it for Airbnb, so you can go and can stay at that house now. Interesting. Yeah. So have cool. have there been any? I'm always interested in celebrities floating. Like one day I was listening to. Uh, Penn Gillette has a podcast and he was talking about floating and he's six foot eight because it was funny actually how I came across that podcast. I was wondering one day, I'm six foot five and I'm, I got a little bit of room, not much. I cannot extend my arms above my head in, one of, in the classic position. I can't do that, unfortunately. I can kind of tuck it in and do it. But I was wondering one day, I'm like, what is the, what is the limit on some of these tanks? You know, like some of these people that are six foot ten, seven foot, and I, Penn, I know he's six eight. He could fit in it barely. I think he had like an inch. So, what's the biggest floater you've ever floated? Uh, we had a dude who is six seven here relatively recently because he he told me before he went back, uh, and yeah, he he liked it. We've also had uh, some. Uh, like relatively large people weight wise. Uh, I think a dude who told me he was like 400 some pounds and he was literally doing it because, you know, his weight made his body hurt. And so being in there floating helped him tremendously. Oh Uh, man, I can't, you know, that's crazy. You bring that up. I was holding this thing today. That was this model of this giant piece of fat and how much it weighed. I'm like, good God. I'm like, you don't think about it, but you're a 20 pound dumbbells, you know, it's not light. And to lose to just, I mean, to imagine 10 times that 200, pounds overweight 
you know, like, and then to go weightless on that. And it's the same thing with pregnant women too. I think, um, that escape of that heavy weight through, through the weightlessness. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, people of all types can float for sure. I mean, obviously you might feel I I'm, I'm not that big. I'm only like five, seven. So, you know, our, our rooms are relatively large, definitely large enough for me to fully stretch out, put my arms up above my head. And I, I think, you know, just about most folks are able to do that except for the, you know, extraordinarily tall, but, you know, just about anybody can float as long as what we usually say, as long as you're able to get down into like a prone position and get back up by yourself, or obviously if you do need help, you could bring somebody there to help you. But like, otherwise for all intents and purposes, anybody can float and, you know, young kids can float. We've had some, I think we had kids young as like six or seven come in. We had one kid who his mother brought him here because he had had a uh, traumatic brain injury and was dealing with concussives or concussive symptoms. Uh, so he was floating here with us for a while. We had another, oh, this is a really crazy story uh, that I, uh, definitely touched me because I didn't even know about it at first, but um we had a girl, I think she was probably like a teenager and she was in a wheelchair. She had uh, like significant disabilities and she was brought here by her family who were part of the local Amish community. Um, so for those that aren't familiar with the area here, um, we're, we're like 45-ish to 60 minutes west of Philadelphia proper. And then if you go about another... 45 to an hour or so west southwest of here you're basically in the heart of amish country and uh in i think it was like 2006 or so there was this amish uh like school shooting where it, it wasn't a student it was a local man came in and massacred uh several children i don't remember the exact body count but i mean he killed a bunch of people killed himself and one of the girls who didn't die but was permanently disabled from being shot uh, was this girl who came here and floated. And uh, what I what really got to me, what made me cry, because I didn't even know this until, uh, I, I don't know, probably had been coming for like a year, is the one woman who was like always there with her. I don't want to call her like a caregiver, but like she was typically the person who would schedule the floats and everything too. She was the mother of the man who committed this act, who shot all these people and then shot and killed himself. Mm. So that was pretty intense. Um, and yeah, so that that's definitely something that that stuck out with me as, you know, just uh, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, but just definitely a, an intense thing and, and, you know, impactful for sure. <laughs> You've impacted so many people's lives in so many different ways, and and you'll never even know half the not probably a small percentage of the stories. Uh, you have, I think, do you have all three of the styles, or do you just have the two? I know you have the rooms. Do you have and you have a pod, right? Or do you do you have all three? Do you have a tank too? No, we actually just have the rooms in all of our in both of the facilities. Oh, here. okay. Did you have a pod at one point? Uh, no, I've personally like floated in pods. I don't know if oh, that's okay, maybe, okay. like some of the stuff I've posted on my social media. I've, you know, I, I love floating. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm traveling or somewhere or something like I go and float, uh, you know, I, I had the good fortune of my, my best friend, uh, he's the lead singer of the band Carousel Kings, uh, who are a local pop punk band signed to Victory Records check them out. If you're into rock music, that's awesome. New album coming out here in a couple months too. But 
uh, you know, he took me out on warp tour with him two summers ago. And like, uh, you know, I went and floated at float Nashville. So shout out to float Nashville and Amy and Mark there. They were awesome. They hooked, there us, you up go. With some sh- hooked us up with some shirts. They've got a pretty cool facility too. They just, I haven't been there since they just upgraded it, but, uh, they just put in like a full on open float room, like, you know, no walls at all, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I also got to go down and float, uh, in at temple float outside of, uh, like St. Petersburg and I think it was Palm Harbor, Florida. Uh, yeah. we were down there at the, the St. Pete date and that was awesome. So shout out to temple float and Ronnie, he definitely hooked it up, was a cool guy for sure. So they're, they're definitely worth checking out. If you've been to uh, float 60 in Chicago, uh, Dave, Dave, again, my friend, I was just talking about, they hosted him and the whole band while they were out there. Cause victory records is uh, out of Chicago. So they went there and they all floated at float 60 and shot a little uh, like promo piece. That was, I, I posted that recently on my social media too, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, that that's, that's another actually like, I guess success story. I feel like that's pretty awesome to mention. I know you mentioned that like oh bit back in the conversation but you know uh if i'll talk a little bit about dave because again he's my best friend he's definitely uh been here for me a lot over you know this last month that i've been dealing with and just in general um but he started uh he likes to say that we met on craigslist and then give a a little pregnant pause there and let you think what you want to think but uh we we literally did meet on craigslist back before i opened up this box i'd put an ad out to just like say like hey if you're an artist in the area and you want to try out floating i'll let you float uh, a couple times for free if you you know like do something creative with it and let us use that if you want so he, I, I met a couple people, like he wasn't the only person that responded, but he was the only person that was like, I don't want to say like legit, but, uh, I also just connected with him right away. He gave me his CD, which I, I, I truly liked too. I mean, I was, I was jamming that the entire time and I, I love their music. I think they're an awesome band. They're underrated. I feel like they're going to just keep blowing up again, Carousel Kings, but, uh, he started, uh, he actually didn't get to float initially because he went, him and his band went on uh, this Asian tour. They were over in China and Japan touring. And then uh, his father had cancer and he had to, he didn't have to, but he did. He cut his uh, tour short and flew back home and basically was uh, here with his dad while his dad was dying of cancer. And then he went through a pretty crazy scenario. Uh, and you know, he's talked about this, he's written songs about it. It's not like I'm talking about anything I shouldn't be, but you know, his, his stepmom kind of went a little crazy or always was a little crazy potentially and like kicked him out of the house, took all his stuff. Um, and he, you know, he was just in a really, he was in a really difficult time in his life is where all this is trying to get to. And so he finally came and floated for the first time. And then we, you know, got to talk and I hadn't talked to him for like, you know, four months. I basically talked to him a bit before we opened up the spa. And then I was talking to him again after we had opened up the spa and, you know, after he'd just gone through all this stuff and we just, again, like kind of reconnected. So he started working for us, um, in December of 2014 and, uh, he, you know, he, he still basically does work for us. Technically, he was just here, you know, he was just here helping me put together a new massage chair a couple of weeks ago. So uh, he's, you know, he's an awesome guy. He's a great partner to have. And, uh, you know, so he, him in particular, but him and his guitar player were here floating like all the time, like definitely at least once a month, if not more frequently, like pretty much every weekend, you know, we're, we're, we're friends. We'd hang out, float after hours. And, 
he him him and uh the band kind of used it as a tool for their creative process and he, i mean he's he's talked about this he's got some cool uh interview articles where he's talking up floating and how it impacted the record and uh you know how it also just helped him kind of process things and act as a reset button for his life and get through some of these you know difficult difficult issues that he was dealing with get through the loss of his father get through being kicked out of his house and losing all his stuff um, and really just, you know, again, using it as a tool for healing and then also for visualizing. And so getting in there and working through melodies and coming up with songs. And so this is tying back again to me mentioning that Float 60 hosted those guys because they went out there, floated and, you know, shot a little like micro documentary that you can check out on YouTube and stuff, too. It's only like three or four minutes long that, you know, he talks about this stuff, talks about the song that they wrote uh, called Here Now Forever, which is, you know, just an awesome song that like just you know gets me every time so you know just seeing that type of uh success is awesome we've got their record framed up on the wall in our lobby because you know in the liner notes he you know he thanks me and my business partner trevor and east coast float spa for for you know being there and being a, a tool for him so uh, you know, I just, that, that's, that's awesome too. I mean, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite parts of my life, honestly, just having him in my life, being able to, you know, find somebody like not, not just like, I don't just know him, you know, like literally best friend and, you know, just seeing the success that he's continuing to have and using floating as a tool for visualization, meditation, creativity. It's, it's killer. Out. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about floating is as an artist, how you're able to open up and receive all these things from somewhere uh the muses god i don't know where it's coming from but i'm receiving it and i'm like the float shirt um with all the float tanks that came to me in a vision and not only did it come to me in a vision but also the means of how i was going to do it uh the quickest path in terms of my, the tools i had and my skill set at the time to make something like that so um another thing and i, I just thought of this and i'm glad i've remembered is Floating was really big for me in opening myself up to having an intuitive connection to my body at a very deep level. Um, I don't know if you experience any of that, but I'm much more in tune with things going wrong in my body or how, in my, in my case, my neck or my shoulders are out of alignment. Um, and floating also, when you're in that anti-gravity state, it shows you how tweaked, uh, tweaked your body is. Laying in the tank and floating, my left shoulder was riding up extremely high because I had a neck problem and was pinched and it was pulling in a certain way. And I was able to really identify that because the tank was allowing me to relax at such a deep level that it showed me the truth of my body. And also floating so many times gave me a very deep walking state of being very intuitively in touch with my body is the best way to put it. And I think I'm not special in that respect i think everybody gets it to a degree um do you experience anything like that like a, a, a deeper intuitive connection to your body yeah for sure i think that's really a good way to put it uh, when i was trying to kind of describe some of how i've been able to deal with and and try to recover from bulimia in that like interoception and feeling your body more. So yeah, I think when you say an intuitive connection, that's a really good way to, to put it. And I definitely agree. And uh, I think it also, like you were just saying too, it shows you where your pain is. It's it, like, we even meant we, yes. we have like, 
we have like a little video that we have people watch when they get here as you know kind of makes it a full experience and that's that is one of the things that we actually say in the video is that you know you may it may be temporary but you know you may notice the spots in your body where you have pain and you know that might not be a pleasant thing initially but like keep floating, you know, your mind and your body are going to thank you later for sure. So, you know, we try not to set expectations in the video, just like we were talking about earlier. We just try to give people the the basics, all the good tips that's going to lead to a good float, but not set expectations around it. But, you know, just be a, be a guide, make sure that we go through all the stuff that's going to lead to the best float possible because uh, you know people are coming into something that's relatively new for most people and you th when you think about it when you do something new you, you know you want to have a guide typically you don't just want to dive in it's it's a situation where you're already kind of vulnerable because you're getting naked in a place and you know a lot of people have concerns about maybe feeling claustrophobic that's that's definitely like a, a a relatively common concern which is also one of the reasons why we have the the float rooms as opposed to the pods or the tanks not to not that there's anything wrong with you know a pod or a tank it's it's just that uh that idea of closing the lid over top of you for many people kind of gives them this visceral reaction of eh, you know no i i don't think i can do that so that's my favorite part that's my i'm you know i've never been in a a room and the one question, I guess if it's if the temperature's correct, when I leave the pods open, you get that gust, a little gust of wind, and it, it it upsets the balance of the temperature. My, I've never floated in a room, but I've always been curious, uh, how do you, I guess you keep it a certain level in there, or is there like a little bit of a wind in there? How does that work? Yeah, no, we keep it all at a certain level. Um, you know, there's, that was definitely a, a, a learning thing too. You know, when we first opened up this place, that we basically needed to get like little runners put along the bottom of the doors to make sure that wind wasn't coming in. And then, you know, there's basically a separate uh, air air temperatures monitored separately with, you know, there's a different air temperature and, or I'm sorry, air heater is what I meant to say. So, you know, basically you're, you're keeping the water temperature constant. You're keeping the air temperature constant. You're making sure that there's not, uh, you know, any type of airflow coming in from under the door or through vents or anything like that. And then you're also making sure that uh, there's no like condensation dripping. And again, I don't I ever like to talk negatively about anything else, but I have floated in in other uh, places where I feel like you are not getting an ideal float because of those types of factors where you're getting co literally condensation dripping down and almost like Chinese water torture like well, that one just landed on my chest. When's the next one going to land in my mouth? Yeah, uh, no, I, I've, I've laid there and had them land in my, you know, my eyes are wide open because it's pitch black. So they're just bright, right. boom, a drop right yeah. in the eye. And, you know, with the square type tanks, what I've learned is it's just it's a simple geometry. I'm like, because uh, we have, it totals info, we have two and one of them will drip from time to time if the humidity's not kept in check and you, you know, kept it wiped down. And um, this is why I don't smoke because I just lost my train of thought. So let's just forget about that. Um, yeah, yeah it's, that, that's all good. Yeah, yeah, totally like, forgot what I was going to say there. <laughs> well, no, that's that's all good. I'll, I'll pick up. So yeah, like I think it's just we've. Uh, my point with that is again, I'm not trying to speak negatively about any other type of environment. Like again, there's nothing wrong with a tank or a pod. I've floated in them. Uh, I have a preference. I mean, I'm, I'm spoiled because of what we have here. But yeah. again, I we've we've really been very deliberate on trying to create the ideal float environment and doing so consistently. And I and I know that we deliver on that. And that is also one of the reasons why we are 
our world-class float center is that we have all of the ingredients so that you're going to have consistently. It looks like Ace's band. It does. It does. And what I remember what it was, what it was, was the difference between the square tank and like a, uh, an egg shaped tank is the condensation runs down the edges uh, and it doesn't right. drip down on a dome. And so the float attendant told me that it was a girl. I'm like, wow, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Never, I could never figure out that simple thing right in front of me. I'm like, why is this thing dripping? And the other one isn't. And I could see the, I could clearly see the condensation in the dome. And I'm like, Oh, it's rolling down the tank. Duh. So, well, that's good. I'm going to have to try one of those rooms one day. It's just nobody around here. I've tried, uh, I've tried the, I think it's us customs or us something. And I've tried a Oasis tank. And the, what's the one from Britain, from the UK? Float away, probably, I'm thinking. Mm, it's another, like, pod-looking one. But I've never floated in a float room. So, yeah, I'd be curious to get up there and try it out one day. I see everybody else floating in it. Uh, yeah, anytime, man. I'd love to have you up here for sure. And I'm I'm totally serious about coming up here if you ever want to. I mean that that offer is extended if you ever want to, you know, consider joining the team or whatever. You got a place for me to live. <laughs> if you got a place for me to live, it's a possibility. If not, you know, that's it's a bit of a climb for me. But if you if you got a place for me to stay to for a couple, you know, until I get on my feet, we'll see. Yeah, man, I, I, I got a house and I've got two spas you can always sleep at. I, I mean, I, I sleep here half the time anyway. But yeah. yeah. Are you there now at the float center? I am, although I am going home tonight afterwards. So. Cool, cool. Well, I won't keep you too much longer. We got. I just have a few more fun questions, really. Um, do you have a specific psychedelic that you prefer? Uh, salvia for the bug dimension? No. No, uh, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, I would say probably psilocybin. I think like that's the one that I'm... I'm most experienced with and most comfortable with and feel like just is the most consistent. Um, I, I definitely like DMT, but it's so bizarre and it's so hard to wrap your mind around. Um, I do like, like smaller doses too. I feel like sub breakthrough experiences are usually pretty pleasurable. Um, I, I definitely like the, the euphoria and how it makes your brain feel the, the craziness of it is that's a whole nother, you know, we could talk about that for the rest of the podcast, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's just, it's so hard to wrap your mind around what the experience is like. And I've had so many strange experience with experiences with it. Uh, and then I also definitely like MDMA. I've haven't done it that much cause I'm afraid of dirty pressies, but, uh, <laughs> I've had, yeah, the 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 good experiences I've had with it have been nothing short of amazing. Uh, I feel like it's super synergistic with floating, very heart opening, very good. I mean, and that's what Maps is doing right now is they're specifically working on. Um, I believe typically they're veterans, but regardless, people with PTSD and and oftentimes it's couples uh, therapy. And you know, the the I'm assuming it's typically the guy, although it doesn't really matter. The you know, the one person has PTSD, and I mean, like as much as I. I tried to deny it through my life like i definitely had or have or you know i try to use the past tense uh whenever i talk about it but you know had or dealt with ptsd for sure i mean i was in oh a fatal come class. on now yeah for sure man i mean just the post yeah. i saw tonight i'm like that was i mean I, it was morbid and graphic i'm like holy moly i'm like just before this podcast and i'm like i'm getting the you know like the you're it, it, you, i can feel the heart opening uh for you and me and everything else tonight i, I know it's been particularly hard for you the past month so again, thanks for, I'm not, we're not ending now, but I wanted to just thank you again for being here and uh, opening up because 
that's what it takes, I feel like, to get on this podcast because a lot of people will say no. They're like, either they don't want to float or they don't want to talk about whatever. They don't want to open up. And that's fine, but... Uh, it, it's hard to open up. I mean, it I think is, we live, it is. It's extremely culture hard. Where, yeah, we live in a culture where, you know, there's like the, the mask of masculinity is typically like a, is the, the promoted type of thing. And, it, you know, especially, for, I think especially for guys, uh, it, it's definitely something that uh, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't taught it. You know, I was taught pretty much the opposite. It was ingrained into me to not be sensitive, even though like, you know, I felt like a lot of things sucked in my life and I was being uh, bullied all the time. And I had this physical trauma of having surgery to, uh, you know, to have a, a testicle removed at 14, right when I'm going through puberty. And then, you know, I'm dealing with an eating disorder and depression. And then I get into a car accident and, you know, dealing with all of that, like it, it's not easy. And it's, it's, I mean, you don't have to go through this isn't a hierarchy of pain or suffering or anything either you know suffering suffering pain is pain and every almost everybody has some and you know it, it's well that's why I, I think i think it's the same i agree with you i think everybody's suffering and it doesn't matter if i look at somebody else's suffering as less than mine it's 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 equal to mine on their level i think a lot right. of times i say oh well that's nothing to me but that's in the world of that person but yeah man to lose to have to have that story to i mean the car accident and seeing the woman dead and the testicle and 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 I know like I've been going through heartache in in the relationship level for the past two years and working through that stuff and I see you're kind of going through the same stuff too man so my heart goes out to you yeah thanks man it's it's definitely uh you know it's it's extremely difficult for me to wrap my mind around everything that's transpired so but uh, with that specifically, but like, you know, talking about the car accident and stuff like that, that's, that's been, uh, increasingly easier for me or the car accident was never really even honestly that difficult to talk about. Some of the other stuff was, um, but as I think I mentioned to you offline, I'm working on, and have a, a lot of good progress done on writing a book that talks about these types of things and my experiences floating and then just, you know, floating in general. So, uh, you know, my goal is to also have that published before the end of the year. And I feel like that's a very realistic goal. So well, you good. Know, that's where I pulled that type of stuff from, from tonight. You know, I mean, that was more or less already written and I was just kind of copying and pasting strategic stuff to try to get within the uh, character limits on social media. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think like being open is important and, uh, well, and you made the, and you made the post public too, which I was proud of you because I don't know, I don't know your stance on being public or private or why you keep it public or private, but you did, I don't know how long you've been public, but I saw that was public and I shared it because I'm like, this is, you know, hard opening, very powerful. I resonate with it, so I feel oh, yeah. You're, you're one of the you know, in, in this world of float people, you're one of the 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 more well known and in terms of giving and putting yourself out there for the community, uh, you, you're you're one of the good ones, man. I mean, I don't think there's too many bad ones in this community, but you're definitely one of the shining stars, and uh, we all appreciate what you're doing. Everyone in Philadelphia, New Jersey, and all the people on the Float Universe account and your, your friends, uh, you know. It's beautiful to see that you put yourself together. And one of the reasons I haven't even thought about a book is my, my journey's far from being over, I feel. And it's, you know what I mean? Like your journey's a little different than mine. And it's like, I feel like people who write books have kind of put a, a book end on a certain level of their journey. And I guess that's the case with you then, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think like, honestly, part of I, when I started writing it, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't know if I was being genuine, like if it was disingenuous to be writing it. Cause it's like, am I at that part? 
way where, you know, I am able to say this is a bookend. And I, I really do feel like, like that is the case. I mean, especially as I try to wrap it up here, I, I've been working on it for the better part of a year. Um, and, you know, it's not just about me. It's definitely about floating itself as well. Uh, you know, all the type of stuff we talked about tonight, some of the science behind it, which is pretty cool too. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a totally a nerd too. And I'm all, I'm, you know, I think the science behind floating is awesome. Uh, Justin, Dr. Justin Feinstein and the uh, Lieber, I, I think it's like the, I don't know what the acronym is, like Laurel Institute for Brain research or something like that it's i out think you got it right something yeah. like that yeah you got a pretty good shout out to them very good yeah they're awesome i mean like he I, I spoke with him sometime last year on the phone he reached out to me to talk about my you know floating with my uh like oh see man you are the big celebrity everybody wants to talk to you <laughs> everybody i you got you listen you talk to me you talk to justin you talk to joe i mean <laughs> And I'm, you went to the float conference. You met all the people there. You're you're the number one. You've met them all. You've met everyone. Uh, well, I, I, you're being way too kind, but uh, yeah. Well, no, well, that's just that's you. just factual. That's just I just laid out the facts right there. Well, I, I actually actually have not been to the float conference yet, but I am planning on going oh, okay. this year. Okay, I thought you went. Okay, cool. Well, maybe, uh, maybe if I can manifest the money. When is it? Do you know? Um, well, I, to the best of my knowledge, it's going to be in September this year and it's going to be in Denver for the first time, oh, which that's right. You know, they changed it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all about that too. Cause Denver's an awesome city. I, you know, I, I love, I've been there. I've been to Denver almost every year for the last year, just cause I, I love it out there. I love everything about it. Uh, if I didn't have the spas out here, I'd probably move out there or, you know, maybe that will be where I go one day or something, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, and franchise. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm working on for sure. I mean, we've definitely taken steps to start that process. That's always been my goal. I started with the franchise model in mind, and we're definitely well positioned to to do that. And that will, you know, build become a reality. Come down to Florida yeah, and build one. I, I've got everything laid out. I've got all the great looking, fun stuff ready to go. It's Let's on, do it. It's in Cocoa Beach. It's right near Elon Musk and NASA. It's right near the the port. It's right all the tourists. You've got the locals. You've got the beach. It's in, I've got it all figured out. I just need somebody with some money. And if hey, not just money, but somebody who's already done it a few times, that's even more crucial. Because I'm sure like like me, you've gotten almost or maybe suckered into people trying to get you to learn how to, you know, pay how to make a float center or a business plan or, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people out there because it's new industry and uh, it's not really regulated and it's not really known. So it's like the wild west right now. And I'm actually proud of the float community and the way they run it on Facebook. Um, it's impressive how kind of tight they run their ship, you know, the float community. It's cool. It's cool to see. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome awesome thing. I mean, I, I there's like literally nothing I love that don't love about floating. I mean, I just think it's such a awesome thing to be a part of. Like, I I can't imagine doing anything else. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm super excited to keep keep branching out here. The franchise model is definitely what we. Uh, have always had in mind and again have been taking steps to do that so you know five-year plan for sure is to have you know minimally like 25 open but i mean i, I don't know if that's under undercutting my goals of where i could be I, and that's something i've been trying to take more to heart of like you know the higher you set your goals the the more you're going to hit them you know even if you come short you know if you set your goal at 25 and you come short and you only got to 20 but if you set your goal at 50 and you cut short you're only at 40 so like you know just 
I just know that these things are realistic and, you know, it's not just us that are doing it. I mean, floating is continuing to, to grow and grow as it rightfully should. But again, I feel like we definitely, because of the passion that I have and we have and the experience that we have of just creating an optimal float environment and making sure that we do everything right. Uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's why people should choose to float with East Coast Float Spa for sure. Well, I'm gonna. I've got a few more questions. I'm gonna wrap it up. I I know it's late too, and I appreciate everybody doing these interviews late because I want to keep it like coast to coast vibe. Even though it's a podcast, you can listen wherever you want. I'm doing it at night, and you guys are too. So thank you. Um, what's your What's your astrological sign? I am a Taurus. Okay, I'm a Cancer. I'm stubborn and always think I'm right, as I've been told sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> what What's your favorite curse word? Uh, I'd, I'd say probably just tr trusty, good old fuck. I, I, I try to be conscientious of, uh, not cursing and right speech and those I try to, too, but I like to use them as exclamation points. Yeah, I, I do as well. It, but in but a fun, I, fun way. Yeah. I find myself, even though like, you know, it, there'll be times where I'm literally like, you know, like, oh, God damn it. And then, you know, I catch myself and be like, no, no, like, bless it. God, all right. Bless it. This is, mm -hmm. you know. Words, words, words matter, right? So, like actions, thoughts, words—they all—they all matter. But yeah, I like using it as an exclamation as well. Well, anything you want to plug tonight? Any anybody you want to shout out? Anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I name drop a bunch throughout the whole thing. So I guess I'll just, I'll shout out to you, man. I just want to say thanks for having me on. Thanks for sharing my post. I, I try to drop stuff and then leave and not look at it for a little bit. So I don't sit there and keep refreshing it and getting caught up with the dopamine hits or whatever. So, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm full addicted. I'm laying here all night. I take it, I take it off the pin and then I, uh, flip the Instagram and hit the little wheel of likes, follows and comments. And then I'm I'm good for five minutes, and then I hit the pin and hit the wheel of likes, comments, and followers. So uh, it gets dangerous when you get past ten thousand followers. The dopamine levels that are pumping into you. So be oh, careful. Yeah, I, I have an I have a understanding of that uh, ancillary. Uh, yeah, I, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll also shout out to I guess my whole team at East Coast. Yes, there we go. Yeah, my team's awesome. I mean, I love everybody that that works for me here. I typically work out of the Westchester location for the most part, but you know, I'm up at Princeton every once in a while too. And everybody on our team's great. Uh, you know, especially here in Westchester, uh, my my manager Lena has really held down the fort for me. She's uh, stepped up here recently to help me out, so I could you know spend time dealing with the personal things that I needed to deal with. And, uh, but you know, her and her and her, it, it's kind of cool. Like her and, uh, her like good friend, uh, Kayla, she's like my assistant manager here. They've both worked here for several years. They're super reliable and just, you know, awesome people to have on the team. Uh, as well as I'll just shout out Jess, Carolyn and Liz and Ona. They've all uh, been working for me for a while here. And then, uh, our assistant manager, Deanna's started here at Westchester like three or four years ago. And then she works up at Princeton now when she's uh, back from school. And uh, our other assistant manager there, Annie, she's actually a Wim Hof certified, which is pretty awesome. And that's something I'm also kind of excited about of just being able to, you know, hopefully she'll, she, I know she loves working for us, hopefully continues to do so and be part of our team. Uh, and, you know, just 
kind of, you know, integrating that at the spot too, having like breathwork classes and stuff like that. I'm excited about, of course, my business partner, Trevor, uh, who's, I, we've been friends since, uh, we were like 20 or something. So he's my, you know, longest friend. And as you said, you're, you're married when you're in business together. So my, my, uh, husband, Trevor, thank you. And uh, of course, uh, <laughs> Dave and uh, my Dave and Carousel Kings. I'll just shout them out again. Check them out on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. They're they're awesome. If you're into you know Blink 182 or pop, pop punk, whatever. But it's just straightforward rock. It's awesome music. It's real heartfelt. He's an awesome guy too, and he's really been here for me a lot. So uh, yeah, and I mean just everybody else in the float industry too. That especially the folks that I've had the opportunity to float with and have really like hooked it up when I've been there. I tried to shout them out earlier to in the podcast. I won't go through it all again, but uh yeah man i also just again really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to oh, come on yeah well I, it's always a pleasure to have the most famous float person in the world on the line um i'm, I'm talking about myself no just kidding um uh before before we go here um i wanted to say a special thank you to you as well because i woke up on i think it was christmas day to my first patreon supporter which was you uh, which was a big surprise because I hadn't really put that out there. And I'm trying not to tin cup my, my followers too much, but we've got a few more followers now. I appreciate those people too. Stay tuned, Patreon subscribers. I actually did record some stuff on this thing tonight. I will be posting it soon. Only for the people that are Patreon subscribers. I won't talk about that too much because that's annoying. But uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That really, like, that was the best Christmas present. Even though it was like $2, it, that was the best Christmas present. You made my day. And probably the week, because I kept looking at the email, I'm like, oh, oh, nice, thank you. The universe believes in me, because I see everybody as a reflection of myself to a degree, and certain characters are more powerful than others in, in terms of that reflection, and, and like I said, I see a lot of parallels to our journey. Our names are literally both Matt, Matthew, and uh, we know we're both obsessed with floating in hell, and we want to give that gift to other people as well. I, that's truly my purpose right now, is to give you the option of saying that these tools are showing you that these tools are available. I don't care if you use them or not. And half of these tools won't be for you, but to let you know in a funny way that, you know, helps around the corner at the float spa, you can help yourself. So I guess I'm going to wrap it up then. Um, thanks again, Matt. You got to check out, uh, let's see, East coast float spa in uh, Philadelphia. It's the premier float center. Uh, with giant custom float rooms, large enough to walk into and stand up in. And that's impressive. And then there's another one, another East Coast float spa in Princeton. And it's got five custom float rooms. Anything you want to add to that, Matt? Uh... No, no, not really. The, the one in Princeton is in between. Uh, it, it's like outside of Princeton proper. It's in Lawrence Township. So it's kind of between Trenton and Princeton. So, you know, basically we were kind of trying to serve the whole greater Philly area. There's there's probably an East Coast Float Spa within not more than like an hour from you, no matter where you are. If you're in the greater like Philly, uh, central to southern uh, Jersey or Delaware area. So uh, yeah, I mean, we are here for you and hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, there's one close to you, no matter where you're at. And you are the first person to ever give me a promo code hashtag <laughs> or float universe, not hashtag. I'm sorry. Uh, the promo code. If you go, I guess to the website, you call them, you say float universe sent me and I guess you get hooked up. So definitely people yeah, in that greater. Slow. What's that? 
Uh, sorry, just, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, just a free float, like not, not even just hooked up, like free float. You, If you're listening to this and, you, and you're there's an East Coast float spot near you, use that code FLOATUNIVERSE. There you go, you're... guys and gals. There it is. If you live in, I guess it's like almost like the tri-state area, right? Is that what they call that? Yeah. Okay, the tri- greater tri-state area. I don't know. I'm a Florida boy. If you're around, look them up. They're in New Jersey. They're in Philadelphia. You've got to do it please do it thank you again matt i love you so much i appreciate you taking almost two hours with me tonight i'm gonna uh cut cut the mic here and uh i guess cut it off so again thanks again i love you so much check out matt uh, matt k floats check out east coast floats ball westchester pa and princeton new jersey you guys have a great night god bless